This is Marketing Heroes Unfiltered, the journey to CMO, the podcast where we interview high achieving B2B marketing professionals to know their stories, struggles, and insights in this fast paced and competitive industry. Hosted by Leslie Carruthers and Danny Muscaplatt. Kathy McPhillips is Chief Growth Officer at Marketing AI Institute, leading growth efforts for the Marketing AI Academy and MyCon, the Marketing AI Conference for Marketers, former VP Marketer at Content Marketing Institute, and founder at McPhillips Marketing. With a history in content marketing, marketing leadership, service sector, and nonprofit marketing, as well as being a former small business owner, Kathy is excited to share how AI can power the marketing we're doing today. She also loves building and being part of a community. Connect with her to learn more about the Marketing AI Institute community. This is a podcast about heroes, which is why you're here. Thank you so much for joining us, Kathy. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yes. So would you tell us, how do you start your days? How do I start my days? Well, it's changed as the seasons have gotten nicer, but I get up really early. I think it's a, as you get older, you just automatically wake up. You don't need an alarm clock anymore. So I try to start my day. I've got a five-mile loop around town that I start my day doing, or I try to do every single day. I'm, I'm on a good path right now. And then come home and just start going through, I used to go through emails first, and now I go through Slack first because of the community that I'm growing on Slack. I want to start with something light but important and make some connections before I dive into the day. Mm-hmm. That's great. So because this is a podcast about heroes and every hero has an origin story, can you tell us your origin story? How did you get to where you are today? Well, not the most exciting story in the world. It's been very, it's been pretty linear, except for a few, you know, things that have happened. But I knew I wanted to get into marketing way back in high school, kind of by chance. You know, I, I think I've told you both this previously, but in English class, I went to my teacher and I needed to do a paper on what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I was like, I don't know. I am good at math and I'm good at art. And I would like to combine those two things. And she said, those aren't two things that actually go together. And I was like, oh, that's really disappointing. You know, you can't get to a 16 or 17-year-old. So she sent me to the library to take a test to see what was going to come out. And advertising and marketing came out. So me being the, the people pleaser and rule follower, I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to be doing. And I've been on this path since uh, I went to OU. And I happened upon the most amazing woman that I talked to for many, many years, who was my advisor, who kind of took me under her wing. She was, she was my marketing hero. Aw, I love that. Awesome. So can you share with us a hairy problem, something that you're wrestling with now or have wrestled with and found a solution for? Maybe something that when other folks hear, it'll resonate and maybe offer them something to deal with it. I think one of the things that I've wrestled with for most of my career, and I have found ways to to fix that, is I thought early on in my career that if my job in advertising and marketing went away, humanity would not be impacted in the slightest bit. It's where I'm not changing the world and with what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. But then I stopped and I said, maybe I can. Maybe there are ways I can take my talents and my skills and use them in ways to help other people. And so it's giving my time on some boards I'm working on for some nonprofits. I took on a nonprofit client for a number of years. I'm raising my kids to be good humans. So I'm just trying to make sure day to day that what I'm doing is 
meaningful and important. And even when even with the work I'm doing today at the Marketing AI Institute, it's we are trying to help people live happier lives, more rewarding lives, having better careers. So I think that I've made a very conscious effort to make sure that it's not just let's make a lot of money and let's help our clients make a lot of money that really is useful and beneficial to society. Mm, that's great. Fantastic. So you get the job satisfaction box checked. Correct. That's Correct. fantastic. And I think, you know, a lot of what I'm doing today with building our communities is, you know, that's just a very touchy-feely, like warm and fuzzy, but that really is meaningful to me. And truthfully, that builds sales. You know, I'm making these relationships so when they're ready to take action and make a purchase or come to our event because we're all going to be together, I know that's making a difference. And I know that that part of it is a business strategy, even if I'm not doing it for the ultimate dollar sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know from speaking with you in the past that you're really great at looking at systems and processes and doing time studies and looking for, you know, in this case, and we've got you here, I'd be remiss not to ask, how are you using artificial intelligence, AI, to streamline your workflows and processes and get more done? There's, I mean, this, you're on the the hot seat. You, You know, you were, you were thankfully not just dumped into it. You've been with the company for a while, with the Institute for a while. So looking for use cases and talking with people about how they're using it. But I'd love to get just firsthand from you where you found you can leverage this, especially in a time when you're really drinking from the fire hose in terms of AI. Everybody's watching now. Right, right. So I learned about the company, I mean, many years ago, like 2016, as they were just getting started. And in 2019, I came to the event as an attendee. I was not working for the company. And I like to think of myself as like, I'm a team member, but I'm also a customer. Everything that we're doing, I'm trying to apply to my job. And one of the first things, you know, the first week I was there, we were doing a webinar. And after the webinar was done, I said, asked Paul, I said, who produces the podcast or the webinar? He said, you. And I was like, fantastic. I don't know how to do that. So... (laughs) He said, go on to this website, Descript.com, and it's super easy. They use AI to help you with some things. So it filled a knowledge gap for me. And I'm down the just Descript rabbit hole where I am spending hours of my week in this platform doing so many things from transcriptions, with which is AI, editing videos using words and not the video itself. That's AI. Adjusting the sound, all these different things I'm doing. If you look at our podcast our whole process from pre-planning that Mike on our team does all the way through the production of it, the distribution of it for blog posts, social shares, snippet videos, all the things, you know, you know, this with podcasting, it's not just the hour that you're recording. Mm-hmm. It's, there's so many things you can, you need to do to make, to get it out there. It could be the best podcast in the world, but if no, no one sees it, you're not, you know, no one sees it. Yeah. So It's Mm -hmm. spending so much time doing all these things. So if you took all the AI out of what we're doing, it would take us about 20 hours a week to do this good content that we would like to put out there. And so I'm down to two and a half hours a week that I'm spending doing this, using all these different tools. And there's tools that can even cut the video snippets for me, that it's analyzing the text and saying, we think this is a a good summarization, a good 30 second soundbite, and it cuts it for you. It's like, yeah. well, that saves me a lot of time. So the stuff we love doing, the interviewing, the talking, the strategizing about the episode, that's something that AI can't replace. All the extra stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe you love it. Maybe you love editing videos. Maybe you love doing the, you know, cutting things in iMovie or whatever tool you're using. Awesome. Then don't use the tools. 
I don't enjoy doing that. I don't, you know, and again, it's the time savings. It's, I have, I don't know that I don't enjoy doing it, but there's so many other things I could be doing with my time. So it's just reinvesting that time into other things Mm -hmm. and using the AI tools. So that's my best example I have and the most tangible example I have. Mm -hmm. But I use that across the board with other things, you know, whether it's writing copy for our event. I'm using another tool for that. And I love the way that it's able to take what I want to say and put it into different words. And I've been A-B testing to say, is the Kathy voice resonating more with our customers or is the AI voice that Kathy has tweaked? Cause I'm not using anything verbatim. Is that resonating better? And let's make sure that I'm using, you know, if what's the best use of my time and all things equal, if we're getting the same conversions from the AI versus me, well, I guess let's use the AI tool because it's going to save me some time. Yeah. And there are some things I haven't loved too, you know, so yeah. it's just, playing or we're at that stage where we just keep testing and iterating and moving on if something's not working. Yeah. And when you say Paul and Mike, you're, you mean Paul Ratzer and Mike Caput. I do. Yeah, just for folks who may not <laughs> be as intimately. Yeah. Paul Ratzer is our CEO and Paul, uh, Mike Caput is our chief content officer. Yeah. And I, I would be in so much trouble if I let you off the hook of not mentioning the names of these tools as people are listening. They'll come yes. find me. So Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T.com. I use copy.ai, I use writer.com. Those are my standbys. And then, you know, GPT-4 I use every day as well. Yeah. I used it this morning on a LinkedIn post. Nice. Have you tried Memento yet for finding the snippets in the podcast? I have not. They're on yeah. my list. There's too many tools, not enough time. <laughs> yeah, it's not awesome. We're hoping it gets to awesome in the next six months. It's not to ding them, but it's pretty good. And you know what? And that's a really important thing to keep in mind. You know, if you try a tool and you don't love it, two things are happening. One, they're not ready yet. You know, just go back in a month, go back in six weeks, just keep checking Mm -hmm. or you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe your input isn't giving you the output you want. So rather than just dismiss the tool and say it's not working, you need to say, wait a minute, let me let me tweak what I'm doing to see if the output can improve. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great coaching. Great advice. I'm curious, as you're able to dwindle down the time that you're spending on the stuff that a computer can do, what are you doing with the time that's been freed up? And what is your team doing with the time that's freed up? Are they doing stuff that's more, creates more job satisfaction, that's helping driving the business forward, helping to connect with customers more? Yeah, I think it's spending time doing things that AI can't do. We're sitting down and we're strategizing more together. I'm going out and I'm looking for some new business. I'm talking to customers, picking up the phone and and really methodically and strategically setting and consciously setting up these calls to say, okay, if I save four hours, I'm going to go spend four hours with customers and scheduling 20 minute, 30 minute phone calls and saying, what do you need? You know, what what are you, what are you looking for that you're not finding from us? What's going on in your world? And some things just surfaced that we didn't think about. Honestly, sometimes just saving that time, we're shutting our computer and we're going outside. So we don't need to be work. We don't need to replace our time with more work all the time. Amen. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you know, that Paul Reiter, you know, that was one of the posts he wrote a few months ago that said, we could work ourselves to death. And it does just because we, we efficiency isn't the end all be all in mm-hmm. your in your life. At some point, we just need to step away from this stuff and because we'll do better the next day if we do. Mm-hmm. Next podcast, we oh. have to do it while we're walking outside. We'll just hold up our phones. We'll get out in the blue sky. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I do take a lot of phone calls. I'll, I'll do walking phone calls a lot with friends and colleagues. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. I love it. Perfect. So since we just talked AI, how in your career have you seen marketing change 
this makes me sound like I've been around forever. And I have. (laughs) When I first started in marketing, our goal was how much TV could we be on? How many rating points could we get Mm -hmm. on a local TV buy or a national TV buy? And once that was set, it was non-cancelable in many instances. You spent hours and hours of hours in a studio producing a TV commercial. I did a lot of food in a lot of restaurants. So it was a lot of food styling and all these things. And it was like a fun day, but also exhausting. And once that commercial was done, you spent a ton of money on that. And it was, you know, kind of cross your fingers and you really can't measure it very well. And now it's like, let's test something. And it doesn't work. All right, stop that. Let's do something else, you know? So we're not locked into these to these big decisions anymore. I mean, and some, sometimes you are, depending on, you know, I'm a, we're a very small company. We can pivot very quickly. We don't have the huge, large marketing budgets. Mm-hmm. But um, I think some of the bigger brands who are spending some of their money on digital and doing other things, they're able to experiment. They're able to not get locked into that one channel. And speaking of channels, when, when I started, it was TV, radio, print, outdoor, you know, direct mail. And now it's like, we have so many choices. So it's become a fun challenge to figure out where, where to put your marketing efforts. Yeah. And are you finding that you have the data you need to be successful to do personalization, to modify your channels, all that stuff? Yeah. And I think I remember the time when we're like, we just need more data. We need more data. And now it's like, we have so much data. Yeah. What do we do with it? How do we use it the right way? Yeah. And that's one of the benefits of some of these AI tools that I have not delved into too deeply yet. But they can some of these tools can analyze data at a speed humans will never be able to replicate. So can it analyze it for us faster? Can it give us, can it synthesize it for us faster? Can it find some things that we might not have been able to find? Or can it just give us the results faster? Mm-hmm. Honestly. So we can do that, so we can do the things. So we can spend the time doing making things better, making things more exciting and using our creative minds. So yeah, now it's like okay, how can we personalize this experience? And a lot of these AI tools, you know, we could say, okay, let's create a list that someone visited our website last month, someone hasn't been on in six months, someone, you know, they're a lapse, they have not been on the website for a long time. So let's send them three separate emails. And we have to create the lists, we have to create the copy, we have to schedule, we have to go in and build those emails. And with a lot of these tools, you just set the rules and it just goes. It's incredible. So you're still doing the stuff, you're just not having to do all the, the tedious stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, you know, we're still, we talk about this and we preach this and we're still, you know, trying to do all this internally as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I take it, you don't have a fear that machines are going to take over the world. We're not going to end up in the matrix. I don't think so. Okay. I hope not. <laughs> so <laughs> I do not. That said, what, what is your fear? What keeps you up at night? What do you think about as you're falling asleep? Nothing keeps me up at night. I have to say, you know, the world could be crumbling around me and I'll be like, I'll be back in seven hours. So <laughs> I'm a good sleeper. But I just want to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things with, you know, we're, we have a responsibility right now with, with AI just to make sure that we're telling stories and we're setting people in the right direction and that the technology that we're suggesting and recommending in these paths we're t- telling people to take that we need to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And I can tell you that if anything ever, if there was something we've been t- preaching for five years and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, we would 100% stop and we would shift it even if money was on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, we there are, there are more marketers out there in the world than there are, there are more good marketers out there in the world than there are bad. And I think we have a responsibility to p- make this do the right thing. And there are, there are some things I worry about, the political, you know, the election worries me with synthetic voices, synthetic videos, all these things, mm-hmm. and educating the general public who does, don't know that the deep fakes are a thing. 
So that's really scary. So then that's like, oh my gosh, what is AI doing? But then I think I'm using it to write tweets for real. So <laughs> it does make, it does balance it saying what the way I'm using it is the right way. But we just need to make sure that we keep pushing the industry to keep using it the right way. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on the, the calls to slow down AI development to handle legislation, set up some boundaries, uh, set some rules. Any any thoughts about that? What are you all thinking about this at the Marketing AI Institute? That's really far out of my league and uh, my comfort zone on speaking on. But, you know, I do know that we internally, we wrote a responsible AI manifesto that we're talking about all the things that legal, things are going to be cu- stuck in the court system for a long, long time. Yeah. So what can we be doing to make sure that what we're doing is ethical and responsible? And we're sending it out. We put it under Creative Commons so people can go on our website, take it verbatim and use it for their own company. Mm. Things like partnering with the right people, doing the right thing, even if legal, even if what you're doing technically right now is legal. And just being that good person, like I said. And then, you know, we're following the court system. We're following what's happening in the courts very seriously. Paul and Mike talk about it on the podcast. They're able to take all these news stories, which I love because every day you're like, oh my gosh, now what happened? Now what happened? There's so many different things. So listening to the podcast, they can take three big news stories and then a handful of other just rapid fire topics to go through. And they break it down and say, here's what it is. Here's what it means. And here's what it means for marketers. And here's what you can do about it. And it just takes, like I said, hours and hours and hours of reading down to Mm -hmm. a 60 minute podcast that we can listen to and say, okay, level set it a little bit and just kind of put us at ease on what's happening. No, that's fantastic. And I love that gives me something to hang on to. Like you be a model citizen, right? Think about it and be responsible. Yeah. Cause it seems like we're just on this runaway train. If you get into that mode of thinking and yeah, it gets overwhelming really fast. I actually was talking to someone this morning about, you know, you mentioned the pause and how do you put that genie back in the bottle? Like it's out. And even the people, I mean, Sam, Sam Altman said, I mean, it's, you can't stop it. There, it's out there too much. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's going to most hurt the small guys that are out there trying to innovate, guys and gals. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, thanks for the. I, I get that was a big question. Thanks for taking it on. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how much marketing has changed just in your career, from billboards to all things digital and all the data. <laughs> what advice do you have for the next generation of marketers? I would say just have a big enthusiasm for all that's happening and don't be afraid of it. You know these young adults that are coming out of school that have been in careers for a couple of years, they're excited. They know this stuff way better than we do. They've, they're digital natives. They were born with technology and they get it. So they're not afraid. They don't have a fear for a lot of the things that were like, okay, what does this mean? They want to jump in. So I've got a daughter who's a recent college grad. I'm like, be the person in your company who just goes and tries new things and go to your teams, you know, make sure that what you're doing, you know, if you're in a regulated industry, don't throw your data into into one of these tools, you know, make sure you're following the right steps and protocols, but go to your team and say, I tried this and it saved me this much time. This is something we'd consider using. And you don't need to be 20 years in your career to be the thought leader at your company. Put Put yourself out there and the worst they could do is they could say no. You know, it's awesome. And just keep there's so many things to read, you know, just trying to stay up on on all the technologies. There was one job tomorrow.io. Actually, the gentleman who posted the job is actually speaking at our event next month. And he's asking he look was looking for an AI, a marketing AI coordinator, I believe was the role. And 
the only, you, know, you can't say you need one to three years experience because who has one to three years experience in <laughs> AI marketing, right? Yeah. And all in his, one of his bullet points was an excitement and eagerness to learn. Oh, that's great. So I think that's, that's where we need to have these kids, you know, these young adults path they need to be on. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Looking back over your career, you know, becoming chief growth officer, chief marketing officer at before prior, prior to this at Content Marketing Institute. I mean, you've had a fantastic career. Looking back over, is there anything that you would change? I don't. I've had a very, very great career. Leslie, you and I have talked about this before. I was given this gift in college of uh, college education from uh, probably shouldn't just, I just did, I should probably should just tell that story. So when I was in high school, I was called down to the office by our principal and he asked me about 10 questions, you know, where are you going to school next year? What are your plans? You know, how's your family? And I left and I was like, well, that was, that was interesting. I don't know what that was. And he just said, thanks. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. I'm like, okay. So a few weeks later, I got called back down to the office and he said, I'd like to introduce you to this gentleman. And this man, he and his wife were raising their daughter and he had started saving very, very early for her college education. Unfortunately, the daughter passed away and man said, I would like to send a young adult to college. I would like to send a young female to college. I want to have a daughter go to school. So he paid for my college education. I have not taken anything in my career lightly or for granted. Everything I've been doing has been through this lens of, like I said, helping others and making sure that I'm being, you know, doing right by him and making him proud, even though he's no longer with us. He he met my son, who's now 20, almost 25, and he um, passed away shortly thereafter. You know, there, I mean, obviously we all have our ups and downs when it comes to work, but I've been either very fortunate or very smart in some of the decisions I've made, probably a little bit of both. That's incredible. In my career. Mm. I love that story so much. It's just, it's so inspiring and it's such a pay it forward moment and just to, a lesson not to take advantage and put good out in the yeah. world. And I just, I love hearing it. I get that you've taken that legacy that he left through you and continued to pay it forward and contribute. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you for the... Well, when, when I found out, you know, I graduated, I said, someday I'm going to do this for somebody else. And I was like, oh, wait, I have two kids. <laughs> I don't know if I could. College is expensive. So I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Yeah. And, I, and me doing it in other ways, I think is just just as good. Nope, you are... And like you said earlier, raising raising good kids is part of the legacy, right? Teaching them to be good and to pay it forward when they can. That's That's the change you want in the world, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Kathy, do you have a burning topic, something that's on your mind, that's of interest that you're really passionate about? This is actually very timely because last night I was at the Indigo Girls concert at Kane Park in Cleveland, and the entire backdrop was banned books. And I was like, oh my gosh, one of my favorite book, one of my favorite bands, and the backdrop is all these books that I love that are now, you know, schools are not letting these children, these kids read these books. And I actually looked at this and I said, oh my gosh, one of my favorite English teachers at Lakewood High. I was like, she made us read that. She made us read that. Mm-hmm. I, I read so many of those books on that list, you know, 30 some years ago. And it's like, why aren't you giving these young adults and kids nowadays a chance to read all these books? I don't see the, I think when you talk about this book is getting banned, it makes me want to go out and buy 10 copies and pass them out to all my friends' kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not just schools, but the libraries now. And I mean, hyper regulation for these. Who's, yes, who's yeah. the woman that? Was it Biden's inauguration? Is it Amanda Gorman? Mm-hmm. Am I remembering her name? And they just banned her book of poetry. I saw that. Yeah. 
outrageous. I don't understand it. You're just trying, I mean, you know, they say no, no press is bad press. Like all you're doing is getting that book out there and more, and more people. Yeah, exactly. Rapid fire. Yep. Yep. All right. Rapid fire. So your life is a movie. Who plays you? My husband would say Sandra Bullock. He said we both have, you know, the dark hair, the dark eyes, and a very, very strange sense of humor. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. What's your favorite KPI? Engagement in our Slack group. When I post something, it's just kind of, and yesterday, yesterday I posted something. I said, I have one ask of you. Usually we're asking, I'm asking general questions about artificial intelligence. I said, today I'm going to ask you something. Will you invite one of your friends to our group so who might be interested in AI? I sat there and it was like, oh my gosh, like 40 new members just by asking our people, like maybe you have a friend who might want to be in the group. And those are the things that it's like, wow, you know, pe people are really engaged. People are really enjoying this enough that they're going to send to somebody else, here's something that you should be looking into. So mm -hmm. that's been fun for me. That's great. Awesome. First job, worst job. First job is Dairy Queen. Loved it. Worked there way too long. At one point he said, do you want to drop out of college and just manage? And I said, I think I might need to put my two-week notice in. It might, <laughs> it might be time for me to leave. That was a wonderful job. Did you master the upside-down blizzard, though? Like, were you just so smooth? We, that was not in our day. That, oh. that, that seems to be a newer... Oh, that was newer after your queen. generation. Okay. It was, it was after my time. My worst job was an internship I had during college that I needed an internship to graduate, and I needed those two credit hours. And there was a book in the office at, in, at Scripps at OU. And I flipped through and I found one that was in Cleveland, ripped it out, called the guy. And I said, I'll do this, this, and this, and this. And he's like, great, N no pay. I was like, fine. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I had like three jobs that summer because I needed money. And I basically started as the intern. And on the last day, I was producing their magazine. And I was like 20. And then one day I went back and the door was locked. And I was like, oh, I guess we're done. It went out of business. Oh, wow. So, wow. But yeah. we're in the midst right now of doing some refreshing of our house now that we're officially empty nesters. And I went, and I was up in our attic and I'm looking through some things and I found the, the magazine, the, the one copy of this magazine that I produced and it's horrendous. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but on the back of it was my grandpa's a name and address. And I was like, of course he's subscribed to this Aww. awful magazine. Because I was doing it. That's really sweet. <laughs> it was like clip art, awful clip art. The stories weren't horrible. The stories, you know, actually were pretty well done. But the layout and design, I mean, I'm good at art, but I am not good at layout and design, apparently. <laughs> Got it. Go Bobcats. Go Bobcats. Yep. What is your favorite productivity hack? I am good with good old Pen, pen and paper. I have my journal that I carry with me all the time. And a lot of times, even if things are in Asana, I've gotten really used to Asana because our team loves it and it took me a minute, but I, I, I got used to it. But if there are things I still need to do, I still write them in some, somewhere else because when I write things down, I remember them. Mm. That's really important. And then every day when I close my computer, I put a post-it note on with three things I have to get done the next day. And I don't start, I don't do anything else until those three things are done. I don't know where I learned that from, but someone we know told me that. That's good. It has proved very successful for me. That's awesome. Great. What's the last book you read? I just finished reading. I, we have book club tonight. I just finished reading Killers of the Flower Moon. It was about the Osage Indian tribe and the birth of the FBI. Ooh. Oh, wow. And it read like uh, fiction, like historical fiction, but it actually is true. And it was really, really good. 
And apparently they're turning into a movie. I just found out that out too, because I like to read the some people's opinions and notes before I go to book club. Because I read so fast, sometimes I don't, I, I breeze through things that are really important. So I like to contribute to book club. So I, I read a few people's <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's a movie. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is starring in it. Oh, wow. Awesome. Highly recommend the book. Leslie, we need to have a Marketing Heroes book club, or at least a list, like a shared Spotify list. So many good recommendations. We'll gather those up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Andra, if you'll take that on as an AI, please. (laughs) (laughs) Gather the books that people are reading. Kathy, who's the most fascinating contact in your phone? So, there is someone I met in Florida. He works for the Bank of Montreal. I met him in Florida. One of my girlfriends has a place down in Florida, and we got on there every year to stay with her, sitting poolside and talking to him. And I, you know, now we're now we're like text friends. I mean, like we've texted twice. So maybe that's not like a text. <laughs> you might not think we're text friends. Uh, so that's a really good one. But then I think about you know people that I think are just like my buddies, like Andy Crestadina, Jay Bear, Carla Johnson, all these people that I'm like, oh, Leslie and I were talking, and she's like, those are big people that are in your phone. And I was like, oh, but they're just my friends. I mean, yes, they're amazing, amazing, amazing. But I've been very lucky to meet some really cool people yeah. through my past few roles. That's great. Cool. If you could be famous for one thing, what would it be? Well, I'm just going to get funny. My pickleball skills. Nice. <laughs> Can I tell you that I'm like obsessed, obsessed with pickleball? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Since then when my husband's like, this is becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like for how long? Are you, is this new? I've been playing for a few years, but we had tickets to the Guardians game last Friday night and the game started at, you know, 7.05 normal baseball time. And I was like, I have pickleball till six. So if I get home and I change really fast, so we were 15 minutes late to the game and he was like, this pickleball is infringing on things. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need an intervention. I know, but like all my friends are playing. So it's like, we see it's like social time too. No, but it's been become really fun, and, I, and I've got a I've got a little competitive <laughs> competitiveness in me. So that's great. <laughs> I've gotten a little better. I'm supposed to play for the first time on Monday, and I meant to ask you, what do you wear to play? Oh my gosh, play? yoga pants, tennis skirt, okay. shorts doesn't matter. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love it. Is there something that you've always dreamed of doing but haven't yet done? Yeah, just growing up in a really big family and getting married when I was 24 and having kids you know, right after, I really have not traveled anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have my first trip scheduled to Italy in November. So that hopefully that's the beginning of a nice streak of doing some travel yes. around the world and experiencing the world and then saying to myself, why did I wait so long to do this? Of course. <laughs> well, we're going Exciting. in September. We're stopping by Italy. So you and I are going to have to compare notes after. Yes, absolutely. And if you have any tips, because I'm not going until November, so you'll have to tell me if there's any campus places. I will, places. for sure. So where are you going? We're doing Florence, Naples, Sicily, Venice. We are doing Tuscany. Oh, in Rome. Okay. In Rome. Okay. See? I don't even know. Yeah. I, this is all new to me. Thankfully, I'm going with well-traveled friends. All right. Very cool. Well, I will tell you about Rome, and we'll compare notes after you go. Amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? I don't take them well, so I don't know if I keep track of what compliments I receive. I've been I've been told I'm a really good friend, that I'm very dependable. One of my friends, I think I think I did tell you this, Leslie. One of my friends said my maiden name is Harlan, and he's like Harlan, you always show up. And I think mm. that's that's mm. what I try to do. Mm. I like that. Beautiful. I think that comes across too, just in your demeanor and your passion for what you talk about. You just seem like 
an authentic, genuine person who shows up. I try. Not all. It doesn't always work out, but I try. Of course. Right? You're, real, you're the real deal. <laughs> I can vouch for you. Describe yourself in five words. <laughs> I don't talk about myself. That's probably me. <laughs> I can market anything except myself. <laughs> marketing myself. That's probably it in a nutshell. Mm. Well, you've that done works. a pretty good job. Yes getting yourself to where you are. So I'd say yeah, there's thanks. something in there You're doing well in terms of marketing, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's uh, subtle. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was so much fun. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for staying tuned. If you're enjoying these conversations, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us to increase the podcast reach. Thank you. See you next week with more inspiring stories. This episode of Marketing Heroes is brought to you by The Search Guru, produced by Circle Audio and podcast cover art by Andra Lazorbe.